1: from doing some things that are not of earnest report.
0: God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Alban proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's
1: pray. Father, we are grateful unto you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your word that is anointed. Edify us today like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen. We want to consider forgiveness part three. And today we are considering this scripture in Luke chapter 23 verse 34. It's going to be our first scripture. Then said Jesus, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his remnant and cast lot. Now we have come by this scripture. We are seeing Jesus hanging on the cross being molested by human beings. He had come to lay down his life for. The point is that no matter who you are, no matter how great, no matter how good you are, some things might go against you. This is Jesus. He healed their sick and they still molested him. They killed him. They brutalized him. He cleansed their lepers. They brutalized him. He multiplied bread for hungry people, fed 5,000 at some point in time, another time more. With just five loaves of bread and two fishes. They still brutalized him. He walked on the sea. In their very eyes. They brutalized him. He turned water into wine. They brutalized him. Opened the eyes of the blind. Opened the ears of the dead. Unstopped the the mouth of the dumb. And yet they brutalized him. The question is no matter who you are, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how helpful you are, no matter how generous, no matter how perfect you are, people will still commit atrocities. (laughs) People will fault you, will, will wrong you. People might brutalize, molest, wrong you, no matter who you are. And so Jesus said that for this purpose, I am here. You see, when you know your mission on earth, wrongdoings become just a definition of destruction, diversion. You do not allow the heads of this world. The Bible says, "He that is sent of God does not concern himself with the issues of this life." So, when you know your purpose on earth, on earth, you don't allow the misgivings you have concerning people to stop you. Now, Jesus is on the cross. They spat on him, they put a tiny thing on his head, they nailed him to the cross, and while he was about to give up the ghost, he still made this prayer, praying for the people, telling the Lord, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Interesting. So here we see very clearly that the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross was to forgive man of our sins, and to deliver us... From eternal condemnation. So forgiveness is what destroys sin. Forgiveness is what destroys the power of sin, the power of the grave, the power of eternal domination. It is it is cured, it's sorted in forgiveness. So forgiveness is very heavy. As far as God is concerned. And that is all about Easter. That is all that Jesus came to do here on earth. Is to At the end of the day. Is to suffer to forgive. And so when he is asking us to forgive. Easter is a time to reflect. Easter is a time to go the Jesus way. And to stay the Jesus way. And the Jesus way. Is to forgive all men. Who sin against you. Even though you have not sinned against them i mean jesus never sinned against one person when he came on earth but people still found a way to sin against him including crucifying him with a, a crucifixion that depicted like he was a criminal and so you and i must go the jesus way because his pattern is our practice and if jesus said father forgive them because they don't know what they do you need to understand that one of the reasons why apart from your purpose here on earth as a missionary why you should forgive is that jesus recognized the superiority of his heavenly father over his life as far as his assignment was concerned so when you recognize the lordship of the lord jesus over your life you find a way to forgive knowing that there is a greater being there is a, a a god that is above you who requires of you to forgive regardless of what your situation what your condition or how much you are hurt however that because you are a child of god you need to forgive Because you are being forgiven. So the purpose of Jesus, the Bible says, was to destroy the works of the devil. And the works of the devil was to just keep man in sin. And as long as man was in sin, man was in bondage. So it is forgiveness that delivers a sinful man from bondage. That is why on this Easter, I am by the Spirit of the Lord coming your way with this word of forgiveness. That... Easter is useless when we do not follow the pattern of Christ. Easter is not credible. Easter is not potent if we are not going to forgive the same way Jesus forgave forgive all humanity. And so, we are in Easter and by the special grace of God, may you receive the grace to, for, to forgive. Every one of us needs the grace to forgive. And the question is, Alright, some people say that Jesus is Jesus, I'm not Jesus. You hear many people say that kind of thing, I'm not Jesus, Jesus is Jesus, I'm not Jesus, I am man. So the question is, can all sins be forgiven by men? Do you as a human being have the capacity to forgive all sins? Now before I go into that, let me read a scripture unto you, First John chapter 4 verse 17, check it. The Bible says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Alright? So as Jesus is in heaven, so are we here on earth. So the redeemed man or the believer in Christ is not different from Jesus Christ who is seated in heaven. As he is in heaven, so are we. How are we the same as him? Because we have become partakers of his divine nature. So whatever is in Christ is in us. His nature is in us. His power is in us. His wisdom is in us. And all his abilities are in us. He came, he said, I'm the light of the world. But now you are the light of the world. He came, he said, I'm the salt of the earth. Now you are the salt of the earth. And he said, you are now my ambassadors. So we see that we have the spirit of God in us. And because we have the spirit of God in us, we have the nature of Christ in us. Whatever he was able to do, we should do more. The question I'm asking you tonight is that, when you say you are a human being, the question is, do you have the nature of Christ? Do you have the spirit of Christ? Do you have the abilities of God in you? Are you able to do the things that he said you'll be able to do? In John chapter 14, verse number 12, he says, verily... I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father so the point is that because Jesus is not physically here you and I have been given the endowment and the endowment you see endowment has to do with power endowment has to do with resources he said we've been given both that we'll be able to do greater works because he's not here. And so his absence physically here on earth has emboldened us and empowered us to do greater works. So to say I'm a human being is to downgrade yourself and to make bogus the the status, the power, the position he's giving you and to just defeat the purpose of his crucifixion and his death. So, coming back to the question again. Can all sins against human beings be forgiven? Mark chapter 3 verse 28. We want to answer this question. Because Jesus forgave all sins. He forgave everyone. No matter the degree. No matter the works. He just forgave all. The nature and the works. He forgave all. He said, Verily I say unto you. All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men. Now, watch the sentences very well. And blaspheme is wherewith whosoever they shall blaspheme. Then he takes us to another category in verse 29. And he says that, But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. So I'm taking it from verse 29. The Bible is saying that when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it is in the hand of God to forgive or not. But 28 is very pungent, it's unambiguous, it's a target hitter, it's straight to the point that verily I say unto you, all sins, and the line of the Bible is yours, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men. That is to say that there is no man whose sins will not be forgiven by God. Then again, all sins by men must be forgiven. Accept the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So, if you are a human being, and the second part says that, and blasphemies wherewith whosoever shall blaspheme. If they blaspheme against you, if they misrepresent you, if they juggle you here and there, and people sin against you, say, all sins including blasphemy shall be forgiven. So, there is no sin done by any man here on earth that does not deserve forgiveness. Please, watch the scripture carefully. All sins by men done against men will be forgiven. So, when people sin against you, don't categorize and do categorization and say, this sin was small, that was great. Jesus did not categorize the gossip, the murder. He said, though your sins be like crimson, the book of Isaiah Come unto me, and I will wash you as white as snow. So we know that no sin is so deep and grave not to be forgiven. And I know some sins are really, 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 hey. They go to the core of your personality. Some things, when they are done against you, it can make you lose yourself. And people have suffered several level of abuses and molestations. And some people have been maimed. But here the word of God says that. All sins done by man against men are forgivable. So we know that there is no sin that does not qualify for forgiveness. That is the word of God. So when people sin. You, you have to forgive them. In Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty-one, very beautiful scripture. He said, "Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin." He said before he said all sins. Now he said all manner of sin, all categories, all types, all kinds of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, not angels. Shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. So the only sin that might not be forgiven, might not be forgiven unto men, is the sin against the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But the one that is unto men, no matter the manner, the type, the kind, it shall be forgiven. Wow! So it is a dangerous thing, spiritually, when you categorize certain sins, some manner and type of sins, that me, I'm never, I will never forgive you. I was watching one guy on one radio um, show a month ago, and he talked about a lady that wronged him, you know, and the lady cursed him, and he went to do all these rituals to overturn it. And the, the host was trying to say, Can't you forgive? He said, He is even more wicked than the devil. And and he, he says, So when you get to that point where you see yourself more wicked than the devil, it is just the nature of the devil not to forgive, but the nature of God in us is a forgiving nature. And all sins, if Christ was able to forgive all sins, then we can forgive all sins. Sometimes, if you are not careful, you might categorize your sin as a special sin that has been done against you. The hurts, the things that you are going through might look so special. That's why sometimes when we are talking about these things, you feel like, Pastor, you don't know what you are talking about, what happened to me. My brother, my sister, it is not special. Whatever you are going through is is important to your being, but it's not special. And I can tell you that people have gone through things and they have come out. And that is why it's important to keep an open heart and follow the dictates of the word of God. Because when you begin to think that I cannot forgive, I will not forgive, that becomes a danger unto your own spiritual health unforgiveness is dangerous to your spiritual health It's dangerous why do I say so Matthew chapter 9 verse 5 and 6 now can we read even from verse 1 so that it will even make more sense unto people Jesus healed somebody and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city verse 2 and behold they brought to him a man sick of Parsi, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the Parsi, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. So when Jesus said, Thy sins be forgiven thee, and behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. Verse number four. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? So thinking that Sins cannot be forgiven. A man cannot forgive the sins of other people. Jesus is saying it's evil thought. Thinking in your heart that somebody does not deserve to be forgiven. Or some sins that a man does not have the capacity to forgive another man. is Jesus is saying it's an evil thought. Can you imagine? That even conceiving that in your heart. That a man cannot forgive another man is seen as an evil thought. And verse number five, watch it. I'm going to show you something beautiful. For whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and walk. Jesus is asking them, which one is easier? To say, arise and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. And verse number six, it says that, but that ye may know that the Son of Man has Power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. So, Jesus demonstrated his power by forgiving, that you will know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive. Are you a child of God? If you are a child of God, then you have power on earth to forgive. All right. So, here from verse 5 we see that there are certain things there. We see some lines being drawn there. For whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, arise and walk. Now, arise and walk means healing. Alright? Thy sins be forgiven. So here we see that the forgiveness was directly connected to the healing. And the sin was also directly connected to the sickness. Watch it. Throughout the Bible, we have seen that one of the key determinants of sickness is sin. When Jesus, the Bible says that, he himself forgave us and also healed us, forgave our sins and healed us. That sin produced sickness. And so here we see that in this scripture sin is connected to sickness, equal to sickness and forgiveness is equal to healing. When the man was forgiving his sins, his healing also came. So it's important for you and I to understand this kind of connection. That forgiveness and healing are twins the same way sin and sickness are bad mates. That's why I'm saying that unforgiveness is a spiritual sickness. That if you do not forgive, you maintain the sickness. If Jesus had not forgiven the man who was sick, his sickness would have been maintained. It is the forgiveness that brought the healing so anytime there is unforgiveness someone is spiritually sick when you do not develop the ability to forgive it shows that you are spiritually ill it shows that you are spiritually not well people who are spiritually healthy who are spiritually well they forgive easily so Jesus is saying that when you are spiritually well which one is easier is it praying to do miracles or forgiving people? And I have realized in my short time of pastoring that it is so easier for people to be fluid in prayer and in the demonstration of the gift of the spirit, demonstrating power, healing, charisma, singing, and doing all those spiritual things, but it's so difficult for them to forgive. But Jesus is asking and he's saying that which one is easier? Is it healing the sick or raising the dead or forgiving someone Who has committed sin. And Jesus is saying that the two must go hand in hand. That none of them is difficult. The same way healing is so spontaneous and easy. That is how forgiveness should be easy. So anybody who finds it difficult to forgive. It shows you that they are internally and eternally sick. And Jesus demonstrated that he was healthy by forgiving sinful men. So when Jesus saw that people were chasing a woman who had been caught in the very act, he said that if you are here and you think you are not sick or you have never sinned before, cast the stone. So we see that it is supernatural health. It is spiritual health to forgive. Forgiveness is healthy spiritually. I feel it. So some people find it easier to pray than to forgive. It shows you that, you are not very well. (laughs) You are half half. If you find it easier to pray, easier to prophesy than to forgive, you are not too well. You are somewhere, somehow not complete. But the Bible says that we are complete in him. Now watch this. People who do not easily forgive will find it difficult to operate highly in the power of God. If you do not find it easy to forgive, you will find it. Eventually, you'll find it difficult to operate in a high level of the anointing, whichever level of anointing you are operating in, it's a limitation for you. Can't go up if you find it difficult to forgive. Jesus came to forgive all mankind, and the same scripture. I love the verse 6. Watch the verse 6, and let me just by the Spirit of the Lord pull out something on you. He says that, But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. To forgive sin. So how do you demonstrate your power here on earth as a human being? Forgiveness. Forgiving people is a demonstration, an expression that you have power on earth. So the power of man on earth is demonstrated or expressed through forgiveness. This means that you are spiritually powerless if you can't easily forgive. The way you demonstrate the healing anointing is through forgiveness. The way you demonstrate that I am powerful, I have power over demons, I have power over principality, it's not in quoting scriptures. That some people when they are praying or they are preaching, they can quote thousand scriptures, but you are still powerless. Have you found out that when Jesus met Satan, after the fast, Satan was also quoting scriptures. It was, Satan was quoting scriptures, and he was even trying to tempt Jesus with scriptures. If all you are doing is quoting scriptures, you will be tempted and you will fail. So, and have you also realized that Satan is unable to forgive sins? And have you found out that the power of Jesus is in the forgiveness of sins? So for every man, every husband, your Power here on earth in your marriage is your ability to forgive your spouse, your wife, your ability to forgive your children. For every father as a man, as a human being, your power here on earth is demonstrated in the degree to which you can forgive your children, your siblings, your spouse. When you are unable to forgive your spouse as a husband, you are powerless here on earth. Unable to forgive your children, you are powerless here on earth. The unforgiveness makes you powerless because the power on earth is demonstrated through the channel of forgiveness. That is to say that without the tube, the pipe cannot flow. So forgiveness becomes a channel for you to demonstrate your powerfulness, if there is any word like that. To demonstrate, if you are a manager, your ability to forgive your subordinate determines your power. If you are sealed, ceo not just firing people left right center from little little mistakes your ability to accommodate to build people and to forgive them and to forgive and to let go and to release is what demonstrates that you are powerful not just hiring and firing if you're a wife your power here in the marriage is your ability to forgive your husband your ability to forgive your children, your ability to forgive that help in your house, your ability to forgive your siblings, your parents, people who have ill-treated you. Your power here on earth is your ability to demonstrate forgiveness. Anybody who is not able to demonstrate forgiveness to people who wrong them is powerless in any system or structure they find themselves in. So you see that the way to see I am weak is when I struggle to forgive. It's a sign that you are weak. That's why you don't have your sleep. That's why you are always feeling heavy. You are always feeling not happy. You are feeling like your mind is always engaged. You are carrying the, the burden of hundred people on your head. On your head, It will take away your strength. So your ability to forgive is what demonstrates your power. Why do we struggle to forgive? Jesus did not struggle. Even on the cross, he didn't struggle to forgive. So why do we struggle to forgive? And that's another question. Why do men struggle to forgive? Look at the scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But wherein sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So where people are legalistic, offense is maintained. So one of the reasons why people find it difficult to forgive is that offended people are mostly develop a legalistic personality. When you develop a legalistic personality, you are like, I'm a professionist. I'm a disciplinarian. You are like, why didn't you put it this way and you put it that way? When you develop a legalistic personality, you begin to feel, you begin to play God. You begin to measure, all right? You don't temper judgment with mercy. You feel like, look, whether you are ignorant of the law or you are not ignorant of the law, once you commit it, this is it. I never wrong people, people must not wrong me. I do not even understand why people wrong me. He's saying that when you are doing that, you are not abounding in grace. You are legalistic. And people who are bound in grace, they also allow people who are sinful to flow around them because they know that grace is stronger than condemnation. Grace is stronger than sin. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounded more. <laughs> so people who are legalistic, they, they deprive themselves of the grace that gives them the ability to to forgive sinners. So one of the reasons why people find it difficult to forgive is because over time when people sin against you, you begin to develop a legalistic personality, a legalistic mindset, a very lawful mindset that feels like, look, you ought to do this, you don't ought to do this, you can't do this, you must not do this, I don't do this to people, why are people doing this to me? That becomes a legalistic personality. And when you are like that, you find it very difficult to forgive. And so you are people who keep saying that I'm a disciplinarian. There is nothing wrong with being a disciplinarian. But there's everything wrong with being unforgiving. I believe in discipline. Whether children, whether whoever, friends, siblings. When you are disciplined, people will be disciplined around you. But when you become legalistic, you are there to pass judgment. And for a judge, it takes them so much more to extend mercy that makes people escape judgment. So you see that mostly lawyers are trying to help people come out of judgment and they need to apply onto the conscience and the mercy and the emotions of a judge to temper judgment with mercy. Because if the judge wears their... Legal week, they are just going to look at your actions from the eyes of the law. And when the law is looking at your actions, I'm telling you. Bible says that nobody met the standard of the law in terms of righteousness. That is why all have sinned and fallen short of the what? The glory of the Lord. Because when the law is there, you can't be righteous. Nobody was able to fulfill all the Ten Commandments because of the law. And the way you develop this thing is that one unforgiveness will build one muscle or tissue, and it will build another tissue, and it will keep building. It will keep building. It is like an infection from a wound. As you are not treating it, it's just getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And after a while, you see that you have lost any sense in your leg. If it's your leg, you will lose. Any life in the leg, you will lose and then the leg has to be amputated. So the earlier you treat the infection, the better. Some people have an infection. It, it can be a UTI and and they, they begin to behave like they are going mad because the infection can go into your bloodstream and go, go and then begin to attack your mind. Wow. And break down your immune system and cause things to begin to affect your mind. So when you don't forgive, it begins to attack the way you think. It begins to affect you the way you think, the way you reason, the way you see things. Your perspective changes and you become very legalistic. Jesus was not seeing the people from the eyes of the law. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I'm feeling it already. Number two, the reason why the Bible also says we should forgive and why people struggle to forgive is that some people around you can make forgiveness look like a blasphemy or a superhero action. (laughs) I'm feeling it. So you mean you forgive this person who broke your heart. You mean you are able to. No, you are not a human being. Nah, nah. It's like it's a blasphemy to forgive some people certain kinds of sins. Some people when they are around you, they will spare you on why you should not forgive. No, this one. No, 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 no. This one, he doesn't deserve forgiveness. And I'm going to show you a scripture. All right, Mark chapter 2, verse 2 to 7. I'll show you. We have read the scripture, but I'm going to show you something. In Mark, and straight away many were gathered together, in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. Four people were bearing this man, and they ripped the roof. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up. They let down the bed, wherein the sick of the palsy laid. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto them, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven. Now, when Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven, look at the reaction. Oh boy, come on. Come to me now. But there were certain of the scribes sitting right there and reasoning in their hearts. Verse 7. Why doth this man, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but only God? Wow! When Jesus said, son, thy sins be forgiven, scribes, doctors of the law, people who were bourgeois in society, they were sitting there, they were reasoning among themselves, who does this man think to say that your sins be forgiven? He's blaspheming. The only person who can forgive sins is God. Only God can forgive. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's not only God who, for, who can forgive sins. Jesus said, he said that, He that you forgive, I have forgiven. So, man has the capacity to forgive. But when you are forgiving some people, that's why you should be careful who you talk to. Because when your husband does something to you and you speak to a friend, he says, This one you can't forgive. I have seen some people who cheated in their marriage, not even in relationship. And they came back to beg, and their marriage went to the next level because the husband forgave the wife, or the wife forgave the husband. When you are indebted to someone who forgives you, it puts you in check not to misbehave again. And you receive the grace, that indebtedness, So, when people make you feel like it is superhero to forgive, that the people who forgive, they are not regular people like you and I. Like, it's superhuman. Only God, only spirits can forgive. And they make you feel like, okay, why did you talk to us? All of us, we are friends. You came to talk to us, and we gave you solidarity. And some of us even went ahead to insult your boyfriend and that brother, and we went to fight for you. How could you turn your back? And go and forgive that person. After all that we did and stood with you, why why have you gone back? So the reason why some wives have not gone back to their husbands is because it feels like they are blaspheming to their families for reporting all to them. Reporting all to their friends and their clique. So even though you know that the man has changed or the woman has changed and you love the person and you are forgiving the person, you feel like you you are unable to go back. You can't forgive your child. You can't forgive your parent because some people you have connected with, you have associated with, who have become your family, your clique, are making you feel like you are being like you are superhuman. This thing that you are doing will hurt you. My brother, it will not hurt you it will not hurt you. People will make you feel like only God can forgive. Are you God? Everyone who went through this never forgave. Why are you forgiven? I'm feeling it. Some pastors, when people break away and they go and they hit the world and they come and they don't receive them. It's a normal principle. Not everybody must be rejected. Paul said concerning a guy called John Mark, he said before he was not profitable, but now Receive him. This guy is profitable to the ministry. The prodigal son, the father received him because it is not superhuman to forgive people who have blown you apart. <laughs> it's not superhuman. It's not a superhero film. And God is not the only one who can forgive sins. Here on earth, we are gods. Bible says we are gods. Bible says that whosoever you remit their sins their sins shall be remitted. That is to say that you and I, our forgiveness has power in heaven to forgive the sins of people. And so, 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 so the reason why some people will never be forgiven is because we never forgive them. And so, feeling like it's blasphemy to forgive is a serious thing. Matthew chapter 9, 2 and 3 again. Watch it carefully. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of palsy lying on a bed, And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the passing, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven. Verse number 3, and look at the reaction. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. So some people, like, who are you to forgive? Forgiveness belongs to God and the Spirit. Others make it look like it's a sin. They even make you feel like you are weak. To forgive a man who broke your heart that way, a sibling who blew your money, whoever, a church member who fought you and disgraced you, they will make you feel like it's blasphemy. You are weak to forgive them. It's not weakness, it's strength. Your power is in your forgiveness. So these are some of the reasons why people are unable to forgive other people. Matthew chapter 18 verse 2 to 4. And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them. And when he did that, he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as, a lit- as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying that in order for you not to walk in the legalistic personality or to feel manipulated and all of that, you must be converted as a little child. Converted means that you have to go through a process of metamorphosis, transformation, change. You have to allow the word of God to change you, to cause you to be transformed by renewing your mind and begin to behave like one of these kids, then you can enter the kingdom and begin to operate. When you think like an adult all the time, or an adult feels like, I know. An adult feels like, I I know, I am right. I am right, I know. I know what I am about. But a child is easily forgiven. Have you realized that? That children easily forgive. Have you realized that children, when you beat them, they go and come back. After a short while, but an adult, no, an adult must contend and enter into strife and contention. But a child, you 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 just present your case and you just bring them along, and they even forget that something of that nature happened. So Jesus is saying that if you don't Maintain your childlikeness. You see, childishness is different from childlikeness. Childishness has to do with foolishness and development. But childlikeness is to maintain your sweetness. Jesus went further to say that this childlikeness is in humility. When you tell a child that 2 plus 2 is 4, they don't say 2 plus 2 is 3. Because the child is humble to be taught. A child is teachable. So for you to operate effectively in the kingdom and become great here on earth, you must be a child. And that means that you must allow yourself to have the teachable spirit, the sweet spirit, the malleable spirit to become and to operate and behave like a child. Then your greatness will manifest. The reason why many people cannot be great is you cannot humble yourself to forgive because sometimes you feel superior not forgiving someone but it takes humility to forgive people who forgive are humble one way to know that you are really humble before god and you are humble in your own eyes is when you are able to forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven and so you see that a husband and a wife has had a problem a manager and a subordinate a pastor and whatever and they are solving the problem and someone says, i can't forgive I'm not going to forgive. I cannot. It's a sign of pride not to be able to forgive. When Stephen was being stoned, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And I'll come to that maybe on Sunday or Saturday. Uh, He said, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Beautiful scripture. When Jesus was on the cross in humility, Bible says, he humbled himself to the point of death. How do we know that? He forgave them. So until you become that sweet person, that humble person, that person who is able to forgive regardless of whatever has happened, you cannot operate effectively in the kingdom of God. And hear this. Children are not legalistic. Children are very pragmatic, open. Children are fluid, in their relationship, they are not technical children. That's why children play a lot. They play sometimes not even according to the rules, right? So when you lose your child likeness, you are like when you are coming home, even your spouse is running away. When you are pastor and you are coming, people cannot run and come and say, "Hello, pastor is here." People are people just everybody is like, "Hey," all right, but. People don't miss you as a pastor. Even in this lockdown, people don't miss you. Today, somebody sent me a message. He said, Pastor, I wanted to check up on you and I miss you so much. I said, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The person died. I'm blushing right now. For missing me, I miss you more. People don't miss their pastors. In fact, some pastors, the people, people wish we would never come back to congregational worship. <laughs> because the way you have been nailing them, mercy Lord. All right, Some husbands, when they go, their spouse never wants them to come back. Your children don't want you to come back. Some mothers, when they are coming, they are like hawks. <laughs> Not a hen, you are like a hawk. Because you are so technical, you are so legalistic. If you are, listen... Allow, forgive, forgive, and you always make it, one way to know you are very legalistic is that, you see, Lord deals with precedence, and so when I even forgive you today and tomorrow you do something, I go back to what you did before and refer to what you did before to, de- to, to punch a hole in your personality and in your character legalistic. If you are always talking about the wrongdoings of people, this is what you did yesterday and this is what you you did last two days and last week and last month and this is what you have done today. That's legalism. But you need to find grace to be able to, I have a lot to say and uh, today is Good Friday, we have a communion service, and I, I, I'm feeling like I should say one or two. I don't know whether if I should say one or two. Let, let me see what you, you think, whether I should say one or two, or I should just let it go like that. Alright, so why is forgiveness a serious matter? Why is unforgiveness a serious matter before the Lord? I'll just tell you one thing, and then I'll bring the message to an end. Why is unforgiveness a serious matter? before God. Number one. Unforgiveness makes the sacrifice of Jesus useless. Colossians 1.14. Unforgiveness makes the sacrifice of Jesus useless. Look at what the Bible said. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So Redemption through his blood, the purpose was for the forgiveness of sins. And how did we acquire that redemption? Through the crucifixion, the death of Jesus Christ. All the work Jesus came to do on the cross today, as we are commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus Christ today, it becomes useless in redemption when you refuse to forgive sins. That the redemption, the work Christ did, is only useful when sins are forgiven. The shedding of his blood is useful when sins are forgiven. The shedding of the blood of animals were not useful because they did not forgive sins, they covered sins. But the shedding of the blood of Jesus is useful, the work he did, I I, I don't need a scripture, is useful only when it forgives sins. So when we refuse to forgive, we bogus the sufferings of Christ. All the work Christ did in redemption, we useless it at once. So unforgiveness makes the sacrifice of Jesus useless. Brothers and sisters, some people crucify Christ twice. Because you do not even place value on the work Christ has done. To forgive you, Christ expects you to also forgive someone else. And if you don't find it within yourself in grace to forgive other people, you are useless in the sacrifices of Christ on the cross. Look at how he was crucified. They tried him. They lied on him. They beat him. Unscrupulous people. They spat on him. People that he came to serve and did a lot of good to, they crucified him. In fact, there was a chorus that said, "Crucify!" Him. The same people that sang Hosanna, they said, "Crucify him, crucify!" Him. And he had not sinned one minute. The only reason why people crucified him was that he put himself in the position, and in your position, to substitute himself to take your position for the crucifixion that you and I deserve because we are sinners. And he took the chastisement of our peace was upon him. That is, we should be punished before we enter into our peace. But he decided to take the punishment so that you and I will have peace, we will will have prosperity. Bible says that he became poor, that we through his poverty might have abandoned. He took our place, he took our shame, he took our sins, It came upon him so that you and I will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when someone sins against you, then you begin to play God as if you saved yourself. You say, I don't care what Jesus did. I don't care about his sacrifice. I don't care whether he was nailed or he was plastered on the cross. I'm not going to forgive you. I don't care. I don't see the sacrifice of Jesus. I don't know whether he poured his blood or ink. But I'm not going to forgive you. I don't care what Jesus did. You have to care brother. You have to care sister. Husband you must care. Wife please care and forgive. Mother. Father. Your child. Yes, yeah. And you don't throw away the child. Together with the bathing water. Alright. So Forgive. Forgive. Forgive siblings, brothers, forgive one another. Pastor, forgive your congregation members. Congregation members, forgive a pastor when he wrongs you. When your friend wrongs you, forgive so that the work of Christ, his sacrifices will not be useless. It becomes useless when we do not forgive. So I'm praying for you that you will see the bleeding Jesus. You will see the crucified Jesus. You will see the nail that he was nailed to the cross with. You will see the tongues they placed on his head. And have compassion. As he went through that pain to save you. You need to go through pain to save other people. Sacrifice to save people. Let the sacrifice of Jesus be profitable. And if that would happen, you need so much love. You need so much love. Actually, you need the very love of Christ. Look at the connection between love and forgiveness. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. I'm showing you a key, a key to forgiveness. And Jesus forgave us because he loved us. When we're unlovable, he loved us. Luke 7, 47. You can read with me. Wherefore, I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Many sins can be forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loved little. So when you love little, it's a sign that you think your sins were small. But your sins in redemption are not just the works of the flesh. Your sins that were pardoned you in redemption, they were a body of sin. is a nature of sin. You, that's why the Bible says that even your righteousness is like a filthy rock, it's like you are a blackboard so no matter how hard you try, you are still a blackboard you can never be right and so Jesus is saying look at the scripture, very beautiful scripture he's talking about this woman who poured um, a, a, a spikenard ointment on him and he said wherefore I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much All right, for your For you to be able to attend to the level where you forgive much, you must love much. We see that her forgiveness was connected to much love in her heart. So, your ability to forgive is also dependent on the amount of love you have opened your heart to receive from the Lord. People who have greater love, who love much, they forgive much. People who don't love much, they don't forgive much. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved an unlovable world. That's why he gave. That's why Jesus gave himself. For you to forgive, you must have love. And you and I, as believers, we don't even only have to have love. We need to have much love. She loved much. Those of us who feel like we're really, really sinners, who were saved by grace, we love much. Because we know that we have been forgiven much. Therefore, we have to forgive so many sins. Because we have also cultivated and received much love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Watch this. You cannot say, Me, I don't have love. I don't have love. No, you have love. You have love. Surely you have love. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts By the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. No excuse. God has shared his love abroad in our heart. By the Holy Ghost which he has given us. So the Holy Ghost has given us the love of the Godhead. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm not having just a human love. I'm having a God. So even if somebody says that only God can forgive. How does God forgive? God only forgives based on his love. And this love that makes God forgives has been shared abroad in my heart. My heart has been occupied by the love of God. I don't need a scripture. My heart has been occupied by the love of God. And so I'm able to forgive. I'm able to forgive people all the sins because what is in my heart is not hatred. What is in my heart is the love of God. This is so powerful that I have the love of God, I have the power of God, I have the nature of God and my heart is full with love. If I have the Holy Spirit, then it means I have the love of God. Anybody who has a Holy Spirit has the love of God filling your heart, saturating your heart and so you can forgive. You can forgive any sin at all and every sin at all. All manner of sins, many sins, regardless of the issues You can forgive. And tonight, I bring you to that point where you will not useless the sacrifice of Christ. Where you will embrace much love for the offender. Where you, as Jesus gave his life, you must also give your life, give your love in forgiveness. Forgive. Forgive people who have wronged you. Forgive spouses, people who have divorced, You have to reconsider that divorce again. Some of you are being begged behind the scenes, please bring me back. And your heart has become so heavy. Tonight, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And it's a time to reflect on the sacrifices Jesus did on the cross. And to say that if Jesus forgave me that much, and did this much sacrifice, including giving his whole life, laying down his life to save me, I'm going to forgive you. I'm not forgiving you on the account of your good works, but I'm forgiving you on the account that I myself, I was undeserving of the forgiveness of God. Christ forgave me, so I'm also going to forgive you, even though you are undeserving. And you realize that people who are forgiven, they live a righteous life. You received a power to live a righteous life. That's why the Bible said the new creature cannot sin because you have been forgiven. When you are forgiven, you you receive also the capacity to live above sin. The capacity to come out of the grapes of sin. People who are never forgiven are tied down. The same way the people who don't forgive are also tied down. So you are tied down and the person who is not forgiven is also tied down. Both of you are prisoners. But when you forgive, both of you become free men, free women. Tonight, the word of God has come. Love, let love lead you. Extend the love of God. Let love proceed. Let brotherly love continue. Look into the sacrifice of Jesus and say, I turn down my legalistic personality and I embrace grace to forgive my brother. I, don't let, I wouldn't let anybody manipulate me or make me feel like I'm superhuman, forgiving, or I'm blaspheming, forgiving. I want to forgive because I'm not spiritually sick. I'm spiritually healed. I'm whole, I'm well, so I can forgive. And I want to express my power here on earth by demonstrating forgiveness. Tonight, you are blessed. Tonight, you are healed from unforgiveness. Tonight, may the sacrifice of Jesus be valuable in your eyes. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I release the grace of God in your life. May grace abound unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. And may your life never be the same again. Amen.
0: You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the Social Welfare Road between the Gulf Falling Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at One word. For further information, call 244 or 0204. or 0277-532-360 Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.